Are you amazed when people drive their vehicles for over 250,000 miles? How often should you change your engine oil? What techniques can improve your mileage? Would an expensive fuel injection cleaning improve your engine performance? This is Car Guy with Brett Beechler of Beechler's Vehicle Care and Repair. Find out how to substantially reduce your cost per mile and extend the longevity of your vehicles. Welcome to Car Guy with Brett Beechler on PeoriaLife.com. Good morning, Central Illinois. This is the Car Guy, the premiere episode. My name is Greg McCoy. I'm the co-host for today, and I'm here with the star of the show, the Car Guy, Brett Beachler. How are you doing, Brett? Great, Greg. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderfully. Getting over a cold. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. I can tell. <laughs> so this is the first episode of the Car Guy, and uh, I'm pretty excited about that. And I just would be interested to know your thoughts about where you see this show going. Okay, so the purpose of this show, and I see this all the time in our business, is one of the things that is lacking in the automotive industry is simple education of, of automobiles, maintenance schedules, things to do, things not to do, which I highlight pretty heavily in everywhere I go and all my people that work with me. And um, So I, I really want to outline exactly what it takes to, for folks to keep their cars 250,000 miles and the benef- benefits of keeping a car 250,000 miles and how that benefits your wallet and your overall financial operation, your your home, really, is what it boils down to. Mm-hmm. So, uh, rumor has it that you just published a book. I did. I did. Uh, the, the, the reason behind the book publishing was, was fairly simple. It was two reasons. I wanted to get people to know my business and what we do at Beach Slurs, and I also, the, the benefit that folks will have out of this is it explains... Um, Quite of the quite a few of the um, the highlights of vehicles. I even go into a cost of operation over fifty years time, and and I won't reveal. Maybe I will, I'll reveal it on the radio show. We'll see what happens. But uh, it, it is very eye opening to people, um, especially for folks who want to turn cars over every seventy five thousand miles. Um, it has a huge cost effect and a huge implication on your on your budget and your financial operation, your home over the life of, of 50 years, let's say. So I really want to get into the educational aspect of another industry uh, hot button out there is what they call wallet flushes. Um, they're essentially services on vehicles you don't have to do that are sold out there that I want people to be aware of. So um, we still get people in our door every day saying, hey, I had these done at X um, automotive shop. Uh, did I really need to do these? And the answer many times is no. So that, that's essentially what I'm here for, is to try to educate the automotive population out there so they can essentially save themselves money. Are you saying that there are people out there that would unscrupulously sell people services they don't need? Uh, yes, um, and I, I certainly am not a finger pointer at all, but I, I want to bring the game up in our industry because it does have a little bit of a black eye in itself where some of these shops... Um, have their own intentions and their own desires as opposed to what, say, their dealers or their owner's manual says to do. Uh, so basically the owner's manual is the Bible to vehicle, and we'll get to that. Um, so as long as people adhere to that and abide by that, uh, they, they pretty much can keep a car for a long period of time as long as they take care of it and drive it nicely. So, yes, unfortunately there are people out there in that industry, but every industry has it. Every industry has um, areas that they can make revenue but don't necessarily benefit the end user, the consumer, which is essentially what we look at. And I'll elaborate on some of those in a little bit part of the show. So you're going to have a book signing? 
I can certainly. I'm open to a book signing anytime. But we we sell these books at our business for uh, ten dollars, but they sell on Amazon for seventeen ninety five. But uh, the point is not for me to make money on these books. The point is to get the word out and educate the the population as to what to do, what not to do on cars, and much more. All right, good. Well, since this is the first episode, particularly, why don't you start out by telling us just a little bit about yourself? Yes. And then about Beachlers. Okay. So myself, I uh, grew up in Peoria. I uh, graduated of Peoria High. Um, I actually moved on, went to ICC for two years, and then graduated from Bradley with a business t- degree. Um, and after about a year of being out, uh, we moved down to Florida. I actually moved away from the business for about four years uh, with another company. I was in Florida for about a year, year and a half. Went to Atlanta for about a year and a half. I uh, went to Michigan for about a year and went out to Colorado for about four months stint. Um, and then had an opportunity to come back to the family business, and um, I welcomed it with open arms because I would much rather answer to a customer than a boss any day. Not that I had a problem with my bosses, but the corporate world taught me a lot. But I was I was ready to move on to the back to the season of family business. And that was when when you came back. Oh goodness, that was back in 1998. Uh, I returned back, so 1997, 98, right in that uh, area. So. Uh, I just, I, I really had a desire to get back into the business and back into the, the area itself. Everything's relative. I enjoyed everywhere I went. Um, but, uh, Peoria's a great town. Uh, got a lot to offer and I really enjoy living here. So tell us about Beachlers. Uh, Beachlers. It was interesting. It was started by my grandpa in 1951. So the original location of this, the business where it was at from about 1951 to about 1953, a little bit beyond, was at the corner of North Street and McClure, the southeast corner. So if you drive by there today, uh, you can still see the two gas pump pad uh, in the ground. It's a, a concrete pad, so if you, you glance over there, you can see the concrete pad. So we were there for about two, two and a half years and then moved to the current location we're at right now. Uh, when we moved to that location, we were originally Standard. Um, some of the older timers might remember Standard Oil, but um, we were originally Standard, and then uh, years later moved into Amico uh, after Amico uh, took that over. And then in 1999, from a gas standpoint, we moved into BP, um, and then approximately about four years ago, we moved into uh, Shell, uh, Shell Fuel. And just so, out of curiosity, what is the motivation for a gas station to change from one brand to another like that? Um, the original motivation to go from Amico to BP was purely BP wanted the market share in the Midwest. That's all there was to it. It was a big behemoth uh, oil company that came in and swallowed up a smaller oil company. And their best decision at that time was to change all stations over to BP. So that was their motivation. We really had no control at that point. Um, we had a buyout contract um, back in 2011 and it expired with uh, BP. And uh, we our volume was actually down uh, to about 850, 900,000 gallons a year. And it was up around, always hovered up around 1.2 to 1.3 million gallons. So we had a decision uh, to make whether it be stay in the gas business or to get out. And we wanted to stay in it. And the only way to really stay in it was to get more competitive. And that's why we went with uh, Shell. So um, we're we're very good friends with Charlie McDonald, who is um, uh, we've been friends with him for years. He's the he's the Shell owner of many Shell stations around the Peoria area, and um, uh, had a, have a great relationship with them. And uh, we really they really wanted presence on University and didn't have it, so 
um, it was a really good match for us. Great. So, so what are some of the services that Beachler provides? Okay, so uh, some of our highlights. Um, we 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 just recently built. We opened on May first of two thousand and fifteen. Was our vehicle maintenance center, and essentially that services all the quick little services like oil changes and tire repairs. Um, we also install tires there, but we're actually in the process of uh, putting t- uh, two post uh, lift in the original service station, the five bays, to accommodate the tire volume that we have. We 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 install a tremendous amount of tires. We're very competitive with tires, um, and we put on hundreds and hundreds of tires every year. Um, so the main purpose of the building, we've got a full basement down there below. Uh, the main purpose of the new vehicle maintenance center is to quickly service, uh, do oil services on vehicles. Um, we don't want them too quick because we find that 10-minute um, oil changes, um, they have their place in the industry, but you don't get a quality inspection on them. So our kind of sweet spot with the oil changes is about 15 to 20 minutes long. So, and the nice thing about it is we do make a point. We we abandoned the appointment system when we first opened the center on May 1st, thinking that nobody really wanted appointments. But we have just recently reinstated appointments. So if people oh, really? do want to make appointments, like I do, if I if I go get my haircut, I, I don't want to stand in line for an hour. Um, I want to make an appointment. I want to make my time. I show up at that time. I get my haircut. I'm in and out. And I find that in our our Peoria area, there are a lot of people that truly enjoy making those appointments, and they make them and fulfill them, and they show up, and away they go. So, so you're back on the appointment system. We're back on the appointment system. Yes. Do you also um, take walk-ins. We do. We take a tremendous amount of walk-ins, and there's basically you have to accept that society. There's a number of people that like to just whimsically walk in, and there are a number of people that like to make appointments, and that's okay. We're all made different. All right. <laughs> all right. So, uh, when- on top of that. Um, so elaborate on a few more services that we provide. Um, we have five ASE technicians, and what that stands for is automotive service excellence. Um, and in our industry, that's kind of the, uh, the standard that is set out there to kind of separate you from the rest of the crowd. Is it mandatory that, an, uh, the, that a technician is ASE certified? Absolutely not. But it's an accreditation that puts uh, a, a, a better image upon yourself, and it, it shows the society that, you know, your technicians have, generally speaking, have more knowledge than the average technician who doesn't have that accreditation. So I've got five ASC technicians. They're doing anything from factory-specified maintenance uh, to air conditioning. Uh, often we have check engine lights. I, I'm sure most of our PRA areas experience a check engine light on their vehicle. We evaluate check engine lights, um, brakes, uh, you name it, any peripheral items on the car uh, that are much more heavy-duty items that need to be addressed. So anything that the dealership does, we do. So that's where we're at. So when somebody brings in a car for an oil change, you don't just change the oil. Is that correct? We do not. You do a bunch of other stuff? Yes. Um, so <clears throat> we, we actually have an electronic inspection sheet um, that all of our technicians um, enter information into so we can access it at any time. Two years down the road, I can tell you exactly what air pressure is in your tires. So we do unique things like, um, and I know this doesn't sound like much, but we check the oil level before we change the oil because I want my customers to know, hey, uh, your, your car was down two quarts of oil. I want you to keep an eye on it or stop in and we'll monitor it because what I don't want happening, which we've seen in our industry, is somebody coming in, failing to monitor their oil level, next thing you know, they're buying a $5,000 engine from me. Now, at first glance, you'd say, why would you do that? Because you'd like to sell engines. But my job is to take, our job is to take care of customers and help educate them. 
and every car out there essentially has a, a degree of oil burn ratio to it. And I'll explain to you a little bit what's going on with oil change intervals, and we can get into this uh, next. But uh, what I like people to do is monitor the oil levels, and whether it be us or them, and they know exactly where they're at, and we don't burn up engines for them. So uh, the other thing we do is we tell before and after tire pressure. So say Greg's coming in and just wants a, a quick oil change, and he's going change, and he's going on a trip to Nashville. And if we don't tell him this information, for example, his right rear tire is down 15 pounds, and we just fill up the tire, and Greg goes on his way and goes down the road, and suddenly that cause of that tire being down 15 pounds was a nail that suddenly comes out on Greg's trip, and he's got a flat tire, and he's on the side of, you know, Interstate 24 with cars going by at 80 miles an hour, changing his, uh, his tire into a spare. What? Who do you think is the bad guy in that situation? Is it necessarily a service provider that's bad? No. I think it's our job to provide above and beyond excellent service. So I can tell Greg, hey, Greg, you know, your tire was abnormally low. Do you want us to address this? Do you want us to remove the tire and check it for a leak? Absolutely. Who wouldn't want to in that position? Some people don't. Some people are in a hurry and they have to go, and they say, hey, I'll keep an eye on it. Maybe I'll be back in a couple of days and we'll address that situation. But it's the little things like that. Our customer base, we have found, wants to know that information. You know, here's another example. When we do a tire rotation, our standard procedure is we inflate the spare tire. Who in the room constantly checks the spare tire pressure? Nobody, not even myself. Um, so what we found is, you know, the funny thing is what triggered that whole spare tire pressure issue was my dad was going home one day, and he lives down by Caterpillar, Cat Mossville, and he had a flat tire on Route 6. And pulled his car over. He's got all the tools. He's he's very prepared. He's always been a type A guy. He's got a little carpet inside so he doesn't get dirty. He's got his gloves, everything. He's getting ready to change a spare. And next thing you know, he goes to put the spare on. And guess what happened? The spare tire was flat. <laughs> so guess what he had to do? He had to call, find out, you know, our tow company that we're using, get the car towed, back to the business. So right then, the next day, literally, we changed our program and said, okay, every time we do a tire rotation, we're going to inflate the spare because I can't tell you how many times we get cars and we do that, and there's a flat spare. And that's totally useless for a, a consumer out there on the road looking to change a spare tire. So, so. How often do you rotate the tires on a car? Typically, most cars are every 8,000, sometimes 10,000. If you've got a really aggressive driver, um, you'll go as soon as 6,000 miles. Um, but on average, we see it about every eight to 10,000 miles rotation of tires, usually every other oil change. That's what we're seeing. Now, a lot of the, we're going to talk about this in a minute, but the oil change interval. Mm -hmm. The oil change interval for a particular car is six, seven, eight thousand. Correct. Uh, then you change it every time? Or rotate the tires every time? Yeah, if, if you have a car that, say, you know, like, for example, Nissan's, um, and I'm, I'm not meaning to highlight Nissan's, but I have a Nissan. Um, Nissan's are typically 7,500 mile oil changes you can go with conventional oil. Um, yes, you would you would rotate the tires every time you do an oil change. Um, you know, in the industry, what you're seeing... And you do that automatically. You don't ask the customer, do you want me to rotate the tires? No, we actually do because it's a, it's a small additional charge to rotate tires, and if they're coming in requesting an oil service and we suddenly add on $19 to do a rotation and brake inspection, they're going to question us. So the right thing to do is for our frontline person to ask the question. Um, when they measure the tread depth and they find that it is due for rotation, they go to the customer and inquire as to whether or not they want to rotate the tires. So um, it's not necessarily automatic, but measurements are what 
really depicts whether or not we rotate the tires. So, so let's talk about oil change. Mm-hmm. Uh, the number of miles you go for an oil change. I'm an old guy. <clears throat> I grew up in the era where we changed a long time ago. We used to change every two thousand miles. And then went to every three thousand miles. Greg, you're really dating yourself. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I grew up in around the Civil War. You know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, now they're telling me. You're telling me. 8,000, 9,000, 10,000, what's going on? So there are two factors that are involved in this. Um, you've got engine technology has improved to such a point that you don't have the lack of technical term is to blow by the oil that gets by the rings of the pistons of the engines. I'm trying not to be too technical on the radio. Um, so uh, the cars burn much cleaner is essentially what I'm saying. They don't have the oil loss that they used to have. They used to lose a lot of oil. Um, and it was often you're adding oil. The other second factor into this is oil technology has improved to a point to where 3,000 miles is absolute overkill. So you, you take a car, you're driving it 15,000 miles a year, and our recommendation is 5,000 or whatever your owner's manual or your oil life indicator states to do. And we change it every 5,000. You want to stick to it every 3,000. So what you're going to do is change it three times with our program and five times with your program. So you're going to spend an extra $80 a year. Not a huge amount of money, but it's completely not necessary because of those two advantages of engine technology and oil technology coming about um, in our society. I know a lot of people are like, well, I'd, I'd love to go back to the olden days and have the the cars, the you know, that they were much simpler, and you can crawl inside the engine, and you know, you could fit in there, and the engine didn't take up all the engine compartment space. I'm like, well, you know, if you want those six miles a gallon and working on cars every you know two thousand miles back, have at her. But I don't want any part of it. I embrace technology, and I, I think there's a lot of benefits to the cars and the efficiencies that come about. Um, are they more expensive? Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm sure they're more expensive, but they last a lot longer too. It wasn't a, it wasn't anything for people to get rid of cars after fifty thousand miles back then, and now it's nothing to run them till two fifty. Now, just a few minutes ago, you mentioned in this conversation the oil change indicator. Now, yes. I have a newer car, and it's got a percentage that shows up on the little dashboard yes. readout. How accurate are those things? Extremely accurate. So basically, what that indicator is, it's a statistical model that essentially measures start cycles and run cycles on your engine. It's a computer that measures this. So for the person that's getting in their car and starting their car and driving a mile to work and shutting down, that interval, generally speaking, on average, is going to be shorter, okay, because it, it's harder on an engine to run in a mile than as opposed to Greg driving in from Germantown Hills and driving in Peoria and burning off all the things that engines don't like to have, the exhaust system and everything, and you're getting in your car and running 15 miles. Um, so... That is the, essentially the Bible of your vehicle when it comes to oil change intervals. Now, I would abide by that, most certainly, but here's the one little drawback. And I see this in the industry is the consumers believe this oil life indicator is also an indicator for your oil level. Completely different, Unrelated. completely different systems. So what we see a lot is, hey, my oil change said 5%, but my oil light came on. Why is that? Well, they might have gone 8,000 miles in between their oil changes and never checked the oil level one time, and they might be down, down three quarts of oil in that 8,000-mile interval. And they're like, well, it never told me that it, that it was low on oil. And I said, well, the oil life indicator has nothing whatsoever to do with the oil level indicator. So two completely separate systems on the vehicle. You ever seen that advertisement where somebody takes in their car to an oil change place, and they lift it up, and they take the plug out, and nothing comes out? Yes, it happens. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> as a matter of fact, I've I've got a, a colleague friend of mine that we're discussing some information um, over the phone, and and I, I think he ran it so low that it damaged the engine. So, um, and unfortunately, his vehicle is probably a five to six thousand dollar engine. So, um, and he hasn't changed his oil in eleven months. So, it's really <laughs> critical that um, that people monitor their oil level. Mm. And here's a little tidbit that most people don't know. Did you know your owner's manual, if not most of them, if not all of them, state to check your oil every time you get fuel? <laughs> every time you get fuel. Now, of course, we've got we used to do station. that a long time ago. We used to do it a long time ago. <laughs> we have a gas station, of course. We've got 12 fueling positions, 10 actually. And it's very rare that we see a hood lifted up anymore and hoisted and people pulling dipsticks. It's I, I can't tell you the last time I saw that. Nobody does it anymore. And I'm not picking on people, but there are ramifications and repercussions if you don't do that, um, it can get to be very costly. So, again, I encourage people to check their oil level or go to their service <clears throat> provider or us, and, and we'll check it for them. I'm old enough. <laughs> I'm dating myself again, but when I was in high school, I worked at a gas station. That was before the days of self-service. Oh, wow. <laughs> it is old. Yeah, that's and, back uh, in the 70s. Uh, 60s. 60, okay. Yeah, And uh, every time that we fill up, uh, we, we service somebody at the gas station, we check their oil every time. Yep. So, so interesting. I did. I did that too. Back in the eighties, <laughs> I did that too. But you're not as old as I am. <laughs> um, the other thing I want to point out with oil is um, there's also an oil out there called synthetic, and it's a blend that allows people to run uh, typically ten thousand miles in between oil changes. Uh, it's, it's fairly popular with us. It's fairly popular with people like Tim because uh, they drive a lot of miles, and I've got people that would come and see me every month or two if they didn't have mobile one oil changes um, because they drive so much to realtors or their salespeople on the road or whatever the case may be. And typically a lot of those folks drive highway miles, um, which tend to be pretty easy on cars. So, um, and for example, we have mobile one synthetic, um, hands down, I think it's one of the best synthetic oils out there in the industry. Um, have a great product and they stand behind their 10,000 mile oil changes. But you got to check your oil in between changes. Now, I hate to keep hammering that, but I've seen way too many people run their oil out and they, they ruin an engine. Mm. So I, I, it, it's near and dear to my heart because I've seen the eyes of people having to write the checks for these engines because they made a mistake. Mm. So, um, and I, I, quite frankly, we don't need that kind of business. Mm. Um, or, or we don't want a desire to have that kind of business. I, I want, I'd rather service somebody for 250,000 miles and sit there and charge them five grand for an engine when they, sure. they ruin it. Good. All right, let's move on to a couple other uh, subjects. Do you uh, offer the service of uh, in inspecting cars that people are thinking about buying? Absolutely. Um, it, it, essentially, it's one of our most popular um, packages out there because it serves uh, it's a twofold purpose. So to back it up, manufacturers generally want, if you look in your owner's manual, they generally want what we call a comprehensive inspection done. Most of them want them done every 15 to 20,000 miles. So we simply come alongside, and on, a, on an oil change, a quick oil change, you essentially, you're not able to do the, the quote-unquote, the shakedown. You can't measure the variances of tie rod ends. You can't measure the variances of, which are part of the steering system. You can't measure variances of the, the control arms and the control arm bushings, which are part of the suspension system. It's just an impossibility. Generally, those guys don't have the skill level to say, hey, this one's pretty loose or this one's not so loose. Um, we don't do road tests and oil changes. Um, 
And so pretty critical to have a road test done. So what we have developed is this package that before somebody buys a car or before somebody travels, they come to us and they say, hey, I'm going on a trip. I'm going out to California. Would you? Would the doctor look at my car? We're not doctors. We're ASU technicians, but that's the lamest terms that really relates to people. Can I get a physical done on my car? Absolutely. So generally we charge $99.95. It's peace of mind for people before they buy a car or before they go on a trip um, that helps them with their vehicle and give them that confidence they, they need before they buy it. And we find a lot of times before we do, when we do these pre-purchase inspections, we'll lay out a things, list of things that the car needs they would have never known it needed. And it's okay for a used car place to sell these kind of cars, but the problem is if the car needs $700 worth of work, you simply say, hey, it needs this work. You know, Can you guys do it or can I negotiate with you? So it works out really well. It's, it's, very, it's a very good investment for people. So, so the used car... Salespeople like you or dislike you? Actually, they they have a lot of respect for us. They they actually will <laughs> deliver cars to us because they want that mm-hmm. that objective opinion from an, a, a different service facility. So I've I've never had one balk yet. Mm-hmm. So they're they're trying to sell a car. So um, they'll do what they they can to help sell a car. Well, good, so. good. Well, what about dealer servicing? Uh, somebody who has a car that's under warranty. Yes, it's only got ten thousand miles on it. Yes, something goes wrong. Um, I, I'll, I'll say this. Service in a vehicle at a dealer is absolutely 100% not necessary. Uh, the misnomer people get into is, hey, I've got to take a basket to the dealer for warranty purposes. That's absolutely not true. If you've got a salesperson that told you that, they're not telling you the truth. And we always say, hey, have them put it in writing. The manufacturer goes so far as to say, if you document the mileage and the date of your oil services and you do it yourself, that preserves a factory spec- or factory warranty. So... It's. I don't even like to talk too much on this because it's so cut and dried that that it is not true that you have to take it to the dealer. I've got a large number of customers that bring their brand new cars to us and we service them, and they can take it to any independent shop for that matter. So, so. All right. All right. Well, let's talk about tires. tires. A few minutes ago, you mentioned you changed lots and lots of tires. Mm-hmm. Um, one question I have is: there's, I don't know, a thousand different brands of tires out there. I mean, there's the big ones, Firestone and and uh, so forth but are, is there any difference between brand are they all the same um they're not they're not all the same but what you get into a lot is you know like michelin fantastic tire but they got a they have a very heavy marketing budget huge heavy marketing budget so they're the creme de la creme of tires they're the some of the best tires out there but you pay a high dollar amount for those tires um, we sell them we sell every different kinds of tires but one of the the tire we found is the best quality and the best price is Cooper Tires. Um, but we sell a lot of Kumos, we sell Michelins, we sell Bridgestones, we sell Firestones. So that's it's not an issue, but we just chose Cooper because of that. So, well, What about nitrogen in the tires? Nitrogen? I actually researched it for our company to sell it, and I couldn't look my customer in the eye and sell it to him because it's what we call a wallet flush. So um, you just have to be careful about that. Um, we don't sell it. It's $20.00. Basically, you and I breathe 78% nitrogen in the air. They can only guarantee about 95 to 96% nitrogen in their in their uh, their mix. And the only benefit is race cars and jets. They use 100% pure nitrogen, which is pretty expensive. We can't afford that. So, um, one thing we might want to talk about is some of these wallet flushes. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of what not to purchase on your vehicle. Okay, so number one, fuel injection cleaning. Don't spend the money on it. What I would encourage you to do is open your owner's manual when somebody tries to sell you that and say, hey, where does it 
Where does it say in my owner's manual to do that? Because I've yet to come across an owner's manual that says do a fuel injection cleaning on this car every X amount of miles. So I would save your money, take me out to dinner, do whatever you want with it. But usually it's a, around 100 bucks to do a fuel injection cleaning, so don't do that. Uh, nitrogen and tires, we already talked about that. Extended warranty, here's a big one. Um, if any customer comes to me and asks me if they should buy an extended warranty in their car, I always tell them no because I did some research on this in Consumer Reports. For every $1,000 you spend on an extended warranty, your return on investment is $700. So I would be glad to give, if you want to give me $1,000, Greg, and I give you back $700, I'd do it all day long. That would be a fantastic return on investment. So there's a reason for these companies. They, they give you peace of mind, but in the end, you're better off putting that money into your maintenance or your repairs of your car and not putting in an extended warranty because you're not going to get your $1,000 back. The numbers show it. Um, power steering flushes, don't do them. Uh, there's maybe one model of a, of a Chrysler product out there that wants a power steering flush. I think it's some kind of Dodge truck. But otherwise, there's no GM vehicles, there's no Ford vehicles, there's no Nissans, there's no Asian, no domestic vehicles out there that require power steering flushes, so save your 90 bucks there. Um, you know, the list can go on and on and on, but just buyer beware of this stuff, adhere to your owner's manual, um, and exactly what it tells you to do, because I can't tell you how many times I've had cars come in, I look at their Carfax report, and I go, wow. You know, we had an example not too long ago where I had a Suburban come in, and this customer was sold over $600 worth of services he absolutely did not need or he he was sold them prematurely and it was completely unnecessary. So just be careful, watch your owner's manual, or come to a formidable shop that will tell you exactly um, what's going on with what the car needs. Great. So, Well, believe it or not, I think we are out of time. Amazingly so. <laughs> it has fast. gone a lot faster than we thought. It didn't get to everything, but hey, we can pick it up next time, right? Yes, sir. So, we can certainly do that. All right. Well, thank you very much, Brett, for giving us all this good information. You're very welcome. This has been The Car Guy with uh, PeoriaLife.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Thank you.